This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. I'm Brandon, founder of the TRT Community and host of All Things Testosterone. The TRT Community is a Facebook group of patients helping patients navigate the struggles associated with testosterone replacement therapy. We have educational resources at testosteronepodcast.com, including TRT-related clinical studies and a doctor search tool. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. What's going on, guys? I'm here by myself today, at least for the next few minutes. I am going to be joined by uh, Rissa Gru. Rissa wrote a book called Food Frame, Diet is a Four-Letter Word, uh, in January of this year. And it's a guide to using functional nutrition to help identify the root causes of various health issues and then eating according to those issues um, to begin the healing process. So Rissa was um, diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And it's not the topic of this show specifically, uh, but I too have an autoimmune disorder. I have psoriasis. So when I received this email uh, to potentially have her on the show, I was pretty interested in doing so. And I'd like to find out more about what she's, what disease she's got and the steps uh, that we can take to eat to promote healing of those issues. Also, don't forget that you can uh, check out matrixhormones.com. Any new patient uh, that signs up between the 3rd and the 15th of December and has their first appointment by December 29th will get a $75 credit for their first prescription purchase. Here's Risa. It's Risa. Risa. You know what? I've, but with I, an R. I've been saying Risa in my mind for the past two weeks, and then today I decided to change to Risa. So... You know, not a good day to play the lottery. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, we are on the air. I basically run the show more like a radio show. So you've been introduced. Um, yeah. And when I first got the email for you to come on, you know, I thought this isn't the specific topic that we usually cover, but I have an autoimmune disease and I've always been curious uh, about your expertise. So um, I have psoriasis. Do you mind telling us what you were diagnosed with? Yeah, so I have Hashimoto's. Okay. So you're more liver related. I'm thyroid related, and um, we're one uh, a couple of the 50 million Americans that have autoimmune disease, and that number is climbing, unfortunately. So, what what are the first steps? Someone like me that's always been curious about doing the research involved in in diet, you know, promoting some healing. What are the steps? Where do I start? So um, when we have an autoimmune disease, basically what that means is that we are creating antibodies in our system. And those antibodies have been around for a while, right? We've been producing those antibodies and you do this long enough and it finds a place to park. So it's going to find a gland, an organ, a tissue in which to park itself. And it's just at random. Sometimes, you know, it's hereditary. You might have had psoriasis in the family. I've had Hashimoto's in my family. And sometimes it isn't. It's just you might have autoimmune in your family, but you have a different autoimmune. So once you get those antibodies production, it basically is what I call a fire in the basement, right? We have the state of inflammation. We have cytokines. Those are um, basically inflammatory molecules that are created. And we're in a cytokine storm. We're, we're, We're in our TH17 gets activated in our T reg cells. And our NF-kappa B gets uh, thrown in and it's just a big cytokine storm. So it's a, it's a massive inflammation storm. So when you go to the doctor, they're going to give you a little squirt gun. Maybe here you go. Just, you know, maybe don't drink as much alcohol. They told you, right. (laughs) So, um, or, you know, put this on your skin or, you know, 
you know, they're, they're not getting to the root cause of it. But meantime, you've got this raging fire in the basement and they give you a squirt gun. So what I do is I take up the firehouse and let's get this out, right? Let's reverse this. Let's see if we can get rid of these antibodies. And then I'm asking why, why do you have these antibodies in the first place? Is it coming from a virus? Is it coming from a deficiency? Is it coming from a, an infection? What, 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 what's the root cause of this, right? Um, so I, so when you start, um, oh, and let me just back up because once you have one autoimmune disease, you're very likely to get another and then another and then another. And from my clinical experience, people who have four tend to be really not functioning at that point. Yeah. So I would say address this way before you get to that. You know, when you've got one, that's that's enough. Is there usually an order that the autoimmune diseases would be diagnosed? You know, if you start out with psoriasis, is there a typical next step? For disease? That's a great question. You know, thyroid and blood sugar diabetes are are, are somewhat similar. Um, those can go together a lot. Um, celiac um, and thyroid do uh, pair up a bit, but no, there's no sequential order that you're likely to expect this. No. Um, um, but that's an excellent question. Um, but anyway, when we have these this fire in the basement, there's two ways that we can treat it. Well, really three ways, right? We can um, do it primarily with food. That's a huge one that's either going to hinder or, or help it, right? Um, our lifestyle is another one. Are we exercising? Are we stressed? Are we living in a moldy house? Um, and the third one is and any kind of supplementation or medication that we're taking is that, again, helping or hindering the situation. So for the first step, which is, I think, your original question that you asked, what would I say is the best thing to do is cut out the inflammatory foods. So we know that bread, gluten specifically for most autoimmune, sugar is a huge one, dairy and alcohol. Those are all major inflammatory foods. Any kind of artificial food, processed foods, uh, dyes, chemicals, preservatives, additives, um, processed, highly processed foods, foods that can live on a shelf for, for years at a time and never go bad. Yeah, Those are highly processed foods. So right? what's left? Are we talking about meat and vegetables? That's right. Okay. Protein, fat, and fiber. That's what we're talking about. So the way our ancestors ate, right? They they were hunter-gatherers and they ate animals and they ate lots of vegetables, lots of greenery, lots of fiber to bind with toxins to get them out of the system. And then we eat good fats. So avocado, olive oil, avocado oil, coconut, coconut oil, eggs, nuts, seeds, um, olives, I think I mentioned that. So all of those um, protein, fat, and fiber, um, those are what is going to help sustain us. Those are going to help put us uh, to mitigate an a, 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 a inflammatory environment. Um, that is what I would say is right off the bat is remove that at least for 30 to 90 days and then see how you feel. Yeah. So is there... Is there much or any benefit, you know, if I've done, I've done keto, I've done paleo, um, et cetera. Is there a benefit between the, the main five or six 
uh, diets out there, or is is that what we're talking about? Are you are you speci- uh, speaking to something different than those? Yeah. So what I do is I, I've created my book is called Food Frame, and that's my methodology. And so when I first started my practice a million years ago, people would come in and be like, "Okay, everybody eat like this," right? And I noticed some people would really thrive, and some people really weren't thriving. Maybe they were having a lot of gas or they were having bloating or, you know, their symptoms weren't going away. They weren't losing weight. So it took me a few years to figure out that we should all be eating according to our health status. So somebody with autoimmune, I would tell them, I mean, I'm a big fan of detoxing. So I detox everybody for two weeks and just clean out their liver so it works optimally. But I take out the crap foods during that detox. You're eating good food. It's not about starvation. Um, but you're eating um, and weight loss is, is a side effect of wellness. So what I do is I focus on wellness. If you're not losing weight, it tells me we still have a fire in the basement, right? So if you're losing weight, then the body's like, yeah, I don't need these resources. I'll just let it go. Um, and so what I typically do is uh, I start off there with a detox and then I will put them either an autoimmune person. I will put them if they're, especially if they're having Uh, flare-ups, I'm going to put them on the AIP protocol. So that's autoimmune protocol. And that's very similar to paleo, as you mentioned, which I'll get to in a minute, but it's a lot more restrictive than paleo. So no beans, no grains, no dairy, no sugar, no alcohol. In addition, they take out coffee, they take out chocolate. Uh, It it removes a, a lot of fruit, but not all fruit. Um, it removes nightshades. So those are tomatoes, potatoes of any kind, except for yams and sweet potato, um, peppers of any kind, except for black pepper, eggplant, goji berries. And then it takes out um, eggs, nuts, seeds. So in that case, it's quite limiting, but it is 30 to 90 days. And every time I've ever done it with anybody, including myself, I, um, people always say they, they feel better. Their flare-ups go away. I was working with somebody with Tourette's for a while who it went away when she was doing AIP. So it really is impressive. So it's a expediter of decreasing that inflammation. So that's usually where I start AIP for 30 to 90 days, depending on how long they can go. And then I'll move them either to a low lectin protocol, or I'll move them to a paleo protocol. And paleo um, is very hunter-gatherer. It, it's it's named after the Paleolithic times when what we were born to eat, basically. And we live in such an environment now where everything is processed and, you know, our cows are not eating grass. They're eating grains that are filled with um, hormones and antibiotics. And so we, we're, 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 we've, we've put so many toxins in our system that our bodies are breaking down. What I say to a lot of people, I mean, every every person I work with, I say, uh, for the first time, I say, imagine that your body is just like a sneaker factory, right? You've got all the equipment to make a sneaker. So I know if I give you leather, rubber, or canvas, I know we're going to get a sneaker at the end, right? It may change in shape or size or color, but it'll be a sneaker. And if I say, Brandon, I got this great idea. Let's put some cell phone parts in your sneaker factory. What would you say? <laughs> what do I do with them? Right. What would you do with them? I mean, if we went to the Nike factory and we said, let's put some cell phone parts in, they would they would like call the you know security and take us away <laughs> because we would probably break their equipment. Right. Yeah. If we did that, we'd have to put those cell phone parts in cell phone factories to make a cell phone. And so I use that silly little example because whoever it was that created us, whenever that was, 
many, many, many years ago, we had things crawling on the ground and spreading from the earth that we could eat. Sustain ourselves and procreate our two main goals as living organisms. So years later, we started having chemicals. To date, this is a new number I'm sad to report, the FDA has approved 86,000 chemicals. Wow. 86,000 chemicals for us to use. Oh, well over 3,000 of which we can eat. But we're putting them on our skin, we're breathing them in, we're, they're in our shampoo bottles, in our deodorant, in our everything. It's in every, all of our food, it's in our coffee, it's, it's everywhere. It's in our paint and I mean, and just go on and on and on. So we're breaking down, we're putting cell phone parts in our sneaker factory every day, mm-hmm. right? So why is this? Why, you know, it's, it's big industry, but we have to be very diligent about what goes into the body and goes onto the body, right? So how important is it, uh, you mentioned the cows eating, you know, the chemicals, how important is it? What kind of, of beef or, or meat do we need to be eating? Is that as important to pay attention to the organic or, you know? A thousand percent. So um, our meat quality is super important because we are eating what they eat. So if we're eating beef that came from a cow that's eating um, uh, grains that are pumped with um, GMOs and um, glyphosate and um, antibiotics and growth hormones, then that's what we're doing, right? So our, our little girls are menstruating way before we used to years and years ago because we all have hormones, right? So what kind of beef should we be having? Grass-fed and grass-finished. They found a loophole several years ago that if you, um, you can you can say they're grass-fed in up until 30 days before slaughter, then you can fatten them up with grain oh, wow. and make more money. I've never and heard still of grass-finish. Grass, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. And it's hard to find. Um, Whole Foods has it and my butcher has it, but it's in the freezer. It's way more expensive, but that's how cows should be. Mm-hmm. That's how they should be. Um, I was driving from Northern California um, the, over the summer, driving by these huge cattle farms, huge. And um, we looked out the window, and we're like, where's the grass? It's just <laughs> all dirt and machinery. And all the cows are just eating out of these troughs with you know all this grain. Um, it's just easier for them. They have a less likelihood of getting sick and higher profits. And so that's what we're eating. Um, any restaurant you go to typically, unless it says grass fed, which is unusual, um, are it, it, that's what you're eating. Yeah. So grass finished means it's eating grass from from birth to to slaughter. Um, our our poultry should be pastured, and that means that it's roaming because chickens and hens and all these things are there. They should be roaming. They eat from the land. And again, they're not in cages feeding off of GMO grain. Um, and a lot of times that's the case. And again, growth hormones and antibiotics. And fish is now very um, farmed. So our fish should be wild and not farmed. And now they're giving them colorings and GMOs and antibiotics. And, you know, we're just going down the wrong road. So it, it sounds to me like everyone should be eating this way and not just someone with an autoimmune disease, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So if someone without the, without an autoimmune disease, would you start them the same way you do the decent? Absolutely. So what, what's so important about about that? Right. Yeah. So is that something that we should be detoxing regularly? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. 
So, um, you know, we know the information we have now is we know for sure that inflammation is the driver of disease, right? We knew that the people who were dying in COVID had, were in third stage inflammation. It goes into the respiratory tract and and then that was causing lots of deaths. So it, I know our, our, our paradigm for conventional allopathic medicine doesn't really test for inflammation. I don't really ever see it tested. I test for it all the time, uh, but that's where the driver is, right? So I just had a, a, a patient come in maybe six months ago who just had a heart attack. He's been on statins for 20 some odd years. His cholesterol is crazy low, right? It's not the devil. I know the medical community thinks it is, but it isn't. And so he was crazy low. And I said, wow, why did you have a heart attack? And I said, what'd your, what'd your cardiologist say about your cholesterol? And he goes, oh, he switched me to a different statin. So I said, well, what about your inflammation numbers? When we looked at his inflammation numbers, they were through the roof. That's what caused his heart attack, Yeah. right? But um, so we know that inflammation is the driver of disease. And so we have to be diligent no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, to decrease your toxic, your inflammation, your toxic load, your, you know, anything that can cause inflammation. Um, we're eating sugar more than we've ever eaten, 152 pounds per capita. Wow. I'm not having mine, so I can tell you somebody else is having my share. I'm <laughs> yeah. not even eating a pound. So um, somebody, you know, we're eating a lot of sugar, right? You go into Starbucks and these kids are walking out in every location I ever see with these huge frappuccinos, I'm sorry, frappuccinos <laughs> with whipped cream. And, and then there's, I don't know what they have, unicorn blue and the sparkling this. And I mean, must we? Yeah. Must we do this to our children, you know, and then they go to, that's just the start of the day Then they go to school and then there's treats throughout. And then we get to ballet class and, 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 and Taekwondo and there's always a cookie or a candy or mm -hmm. something, you know, and then of course we have to have a party. So that there's always, I mean, there's just, it's a, it's a cupcake flow, right? Yeah. When I was raising my kids, you know, we, they'd call them treats and I would renamed them dailies because they're really not treats. They're dailies. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. So, so is there, is there a, so you said, you know, if, if I were your patient, you would put me on the autoimmune protocol, um, mm -hmm. as someone without psoriasis, what are you doing with them? Um, I'd have to look at their labs and see what's going on with them. Is their blood sugar dysregulation? Is their thyroid, um, uh, regulated or is it low? What do their inflammation numbers look like? What is their liver looks like? What what is their um, kidney? Um, I look at the breakdown of white blood cells to see if they are in um, a. I look for a viral pattern or a bacterial pattern. Um, I I look at everything very thoroughly. Their iron panel is very important. Um, hormone panel. I test uh, everybody I work with for a gene mutation called MTHFR, which is very very common. 90% of the population has it. I have it. Both my kids have it. Most people have it. And it basically means that you are not able to metabolize or process your um, methylate, your B12 and or your folate, your B9. So some people have both alleles. Some people have one. Some people got one from two parents or one from one. And it depends what type you have. But that can cause a lot of issues when you're not methylating properly. So, um, and anxiety, depression, headaches, migraines, ADD, ADHD, bipolar, schizophrenia, 
um, miscarriages, uh, uh, infertility. So I look at that for everybody and that just needs a regular B vitamin. A lot of the processed foods, we have medications block B vitamins, um, alcohol blocks B vitamins and coffee. So some of the things that we're doing are not, we're not absorbing. Mm-hmm. I used to say you are what you eat, but now I say you are what you absorb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause a lot of people don't even absorb what we're eating. Right. Yeah. So, and medications block a lot of nutrients as well. So everybody's individual. It's not a one size fits all. And you're really pinpointing, you know, based on the objective uh, data, the labs, you're pinpointing what, what needs to be consumed, right? Or are you looking at labs and then putting, putting them on one of the five or six main, or are you writing specific plans for people? So what I do in my book, Food Frame, is I hi, I do I talk about detoxing and I have a lot of lab information in there. But then I, I break down the, the most popular six different diet types or food frames that I recommend in my office. It's rare that I have to go off of that, but sometimes I do. I do a candida diet or a low uh, histamine diet. But for the most part, it, it serves the masses. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you know, it, let's say you have SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or you have IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or irritable bowel disease, again, more inflammation in the intestinal lining. And so I test for that. But then I would put you on a low FODMAP protocol. And that's not a forever, it's also an elimination diet. So I would see how long that is, depending on what your situation is. Um, and then, as I mentioned, AIP. And then if there's um, a lot of blood sugar dysregulation, I come across that quite a bit. So if you fit the profile, I would say, let's try keto. Uh, I don't know that it would work for you. I don't know that it works for anybody until I see their blood work, because I, what I'm looking for there is a marker called GGT. And that tells me if the um, bile that their liver is producing, it's stored in the gallbladder. And when you eat fat, that gallbladder squeezes out that bile and it sends it into the system and helps you metabolize those fats. If you are sludgy and sticky and gooey, you're going to have a hard time digesting those fats. If you've had your gallbladder taken out, you're going to have a hard time digesting those fats. If I get your stool test back and I see there's a marker on there called steatocrit, and if that is high, then your keto is not for you if you have any of those markers. So I don't do a blanket diet for everyone because of that reason. Um, we, um, you know, we all know that person who went on keto, right, and lost 45 pounds. And then you're like, well, I didn't lose any. I gained weight on keto. Yeah. But that's because it doesn't fit them. And, you know, these new fad eating lifestyle or diet books, as we used to refer to them, will come out and they're great. They're really great for some people. Some people will really thrive for that, but not everybody does. So I am just not all about one size fits all. For heaven's sakes, Netflix tells you what kind of movies you like and Spotify (laughs) tells you what kind of music you like. We should know, right? What kind of food that we should be eating. That's a really good point. So it, it sounds like, you know, the way we eat or maybe inflammation specifically is the driver for most diseases. Yeah. So are there things that we should be doing to boost our immune system uh, for these diseases? Yeah. So to boost our immune system, I would say cut out the sugar immediately. Sugar eats our white blood cells, which basically hinders our immune system. Eat foods that are high in zinc, like pumpkin seeds and oysters and shrimp and crab and things like that, or take zinc. 
Um, and um, vitamin D levels are hugely important for immunity. So most people I work with, even professional athletes that are in the sun all the time, are still a little bit low on vitamin D. But vitamin D is critically important for everything, not just immunity, but anti-cancer, anti-aging. We will not make bone without vitamin D. Um, gut, heart, um, brain, I mean, vitamin D is huge, but it's a huge uh, modulator for uh, in immunity. So vitamin D, you have to have a really good kind. I make my D3 Ultra, which it comes with vitamin Ks for absorption. Um, I won't name any brands, but there is a brand that comes in my door regularly, once or twice, maybe three times a week, um, that is sold at Costco and all the major stores that has corn oil and soybean oil in it <laughs> and not even vitamin K for absorption. So it is more inflammatory than it is beneficial. Yeah. Um, I have another supplement that just came into my office a couple of weeks ago that I haven't been able to throw out, which I throw out all the time, but it is so egregious that, I mean, it's got dyes, three different FDNC dye numbers, and then there's soybean oil and um, titanium dioxide. I mean, just, it does more damage than it would ever possibly do good. So, um, so read the labels on your supplements. That's another tip. Um, but vitamin D is incredibly important. Vitamin C is really good. And I do a lot of collagen. Collagen is really helpful for immunity. I also take a lot of glutathione personally. As we age, we produce and excrete less and less. And so when it leaves the building, it's gone. Um, glutathione is our master antioxidant. And so it protects us against any oxidative stress that sets anything that comes into the body and wants to create disease. So I've always taken two of my glutathione with NAC and acetylcysteine. And um, for prevention, now I take four a day since COVID and it really helps me. I mean, I swear by it. Yeah. So those are things that you can do and just take the sugar out, take the chemicals out and eat real food, get good sleep. Yeah. Sleep is huge for immunity. Have you ever crossed, uh, come across someone that just has chronically low vitamin D and doesn't seem to be able to get it up with the medications? I've done injections. I've done you know several different um, brands of vitamin D. I've had prescription vitamin D. Low, 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 always. I have to say I've never, ever, ever not been able to move the needle really? on vitamin D. And I like, yeah. I don't know that I've ever tried one that has the vitamin K in it. Is that, that's a, what is it, a coefficient or a cofactor or it's necessary? for absorption, yeah. exactly, yeah. And I've, yeah. I don't know that I've done that. So it's been up to me to make sure that I'm getting the vitamin K elsewhere and, and eating with fatty foods and doing everything I can, but low, that's always. Exactly, they're fat absorbable vitamins and fat soluble. And um, so I have my D3K with ultra, I mean, D3 ultra with K already has it in. So you don't need a separate supplement with it, but a good quality supplement that has vitamin K is going to probably move the needle for you. If it's not moving the needle for you, we'd have to look at absorption. Um, and I would see, you know, if there's digestive issues, if you're just not absorbing it, but vitamin D is critically important, especially for immunity. Yeah. Autoimmune. I've, I've injected it as well. And I don't know if that's the same style absorption or not, but it didn't, it didn't do anything for me either. Wow. I've never seen that. Never yeah, once. Yeah. I've worked for thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, love to see how we can get it up. Yeah. I'd be interested to try. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sold. Uh, I'd like to check out your book. I think, can, where can I, where can I find the book? The book is on my website at Risa Grew Nutrition. It's also on Amazon 
It's on um, Barnes and Noble and Target um, online, and it's called Food Frame. Diet is a four-letter word. Okay. So I may reach out um, after the episode airs and, and chat with you as a, a patient or a client, and then you know maybe we can come back on and, and update folks later on and see how things are going. That sounds great. I love it. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time tonight, and I'll uh, like I said, I'll reach out. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. For real though, I'm, uh, <laughs> I may actually, I think I'm going to reach out to Teresa and, and see what she can do for me. Um, those, you know, the things that I said are true. I, I have psoriasis. I have considered researching uh, or, or starting one of the, the main five or six fad diets to see if I can get some of the inflammation under control. Um, I have... I don't know that I'd say I have irritable bowel disease, but I have, you know, constant bloating and stomach pain and cramping and gas. Um, so if she can help me with some of those things and, and the chronic vitamin D, uh, Canet Matrix is aware of that. You know, we've we've worked on it and, and nothing really seems to work uh, for me. So I'm going to reach out to Risa and see what she can do. And then I'll update you guys later. Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community. 